It's the JT the Brick Show. Open Adams at the 35, racing to the 20, 10, touchdown Raiders! Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Gets the snap, Raiders bring a blitz, he takes him off the middle, and he's wrapped up from behind! Guess who? Max Crosby! Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Spinning around, he throws it to Chandler Jones in midfield! And a sniffle! Jones racing towards the end zone. It scores! Oh my goodness! And now, here's JT the Brick. Welcome back, everybody. JT coming off the game yesterday. Raiders beat the 49ers in commanding fashion in a preseason game. And we're recapping the game on Monday. We'll do that again on Tuesday. And then we'll look ahead. We'll look ahead on what's going to happen, how we're going to see this play out heading into the joint practices in Thousand Oaks against the Rams. You know, Devontae got hit pretty hard in that first practice there. It's second practice of the Niners, the second one of the two. But what do you want to expose for the Raiders in that Rams practice? Remember, the practices are harder than the games. Raiders looked really good in the game. Raiders were better than the Niners in practice. Will the same thing happen next week? Can the Raiders win the joint practices, be healthy, come out of there looking good, and then go beat the Rams in the preseason? A lot of going to be a lot of Raider fans in L.A. Uh, For Raider fans in L.A., this is a big trip for them. They get a chance to see the team of their youth, the team that they love at SoFi Stadium. Rams and Charger fans want nothing to do with Raider fans. They don't want to deal with them at all. They don't want to deal with them. They don't want to look at them. And I don't blame them because Raider fans come in there and they act like they own the place in a good way. So if you're a Rams fan, believe me, you have no problem selling your two or four tickets to Raider Nation. So it'll be a Raider home game whenever we play there. And this is a preseason game. If you're going to go to the game, let us know. Hopefully we can find a way to all connect out in Los Angeles. Should be a good crowd out there. A lot of people are active and vibrant in the Southern California region. And then the Raiders will play their final preseason game in Dallas. I hosted a show earlier today where a couple of Cowboy fans are concerned because Dak Prescott doesn't look good in practice in Oxnard. He's throwing a lot of interceptions, and they'd like to clean that up. And how are they going to do that if he doesn't play in any preseason games? I mentioned early Derek Carr, uh, Patrick Mahomes started. Russell Wilson played deep into the second quarter. What does that say? Does that mean it's alarming? Are you concerned about that? How the hell is Russell Wilson, who's had a better career than Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo, and he opens up against the Raiders, how is he playing a lot in the preseason? What does this mean from Sean McVay going forward? I don't know what it means. I have no idea what it means. But I can tell you this much, it's going to mean something here if the Raiders can jump Denver because the Raiders have better cardio because they're running after practice, they're, they're working out in tougher environments in the desert heat than it is in Denver. Could the Raiders have an advantage over the Denver Broncos? They've won the last six out of seven, so they've been the better team, but everybody assumes Denver's going to turn it around and bounce back. I don't know. I, I can't sit here and predict every game. But I think the Raiders have a better chance to beat Denver and Denver than Buffalo and Buffalo. And I'd like to see the Raiders get an early win to start the season so the Raiders can come home for the home opener on Sunday night football in week three and be in a really good spot. 702-365-9200. Uh, we got a couple of insiders who are going to join us momentarily. And I think the rest of the show, we should talk about Aiden O'Connell. I think Aiden O'Connell deserves to get his roses today his flowers today on the flagship of his team. It's the first game, the first game he's ever played in the NFL, and he played well. 
I think most of the NFL media missed it. They don't know who he is. They don't know that he played well because the media is not covering the story. And if the media nationally doesn't cover Aiden O'Connell, I think we got to do a better job in his backyard on his flagship radio station. Nice job by Aiden O'Connell. He got in and out of the huddle. He made good decisions. Overall, he was very good. As I bring in the award-winning journalist, six times Nevada Sports Writer of the Year. He's in the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. And he wrote a great column coming off this, and he covers everything from hockey, especially hockey, baseball, football. Here's Steve Carp. Howie, how you been, Steve? I hope you're having a good summer. I'm doing fine. Doing well. Excellent. What did you think yesterday of the Raiders' performance on offense? We're talking about Aiden O'Connell, fourth-round pick out of Purdue. Raiders didn't need to take him there but they sure were happy to get him, and that was their pick. What did you think of his performance? I thought he looked really comfortable playing in an NFL game. I was uh, very surprised at, at how efficient he was, how he had a great grasp of the offense. I mean, this isn't an easy offense to, to learn, and he must be a really good study in that room uh, when he goes over things with the other quarterbacks. And you know what else? really helps when you have a guy like Garoppolo or Brian Hoyer on the sidelines there to talk to after you come off the field every series. I think he really benefits by being around those guys every day in practice. Yeah, Steve, I agree with you, and I think it's obvious to everyone. They didn't draft him for his movement uh, to run with the football and tuck and run, but what he needs to do, and I would never make the comparison to Tom Brady, but Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler come from that system that an accurate guy who can step up in the pocket and maybe just make one defender miss as he tries to extend the play another eighth of a second and can get the ball out, that's really the difference here. And he looks like a kid who did that in college and has a chance to do it in the NFL. You know, he made a play like that in the third quarter. If you recall, he kind of had to leave the pocket. He extended the play with his legs and then made a really good throw in the flat for like a, 15-yard gain in the first down. And, and you see plays like that from veterans, and you say, okay, you know, we expect that. But a kid like this had that presence of mind and uh, do what he did, I, I thought he was really impressive. And I thought, you know what else, JT? Raider offensive line played really well in front of him. Did a great job of protecting him, opening up holes for the running backs. You know, I'm sure you had to be impressed with Zamir White. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's not, he's got this unbelievable opportunity to prove that he could be a regular running back in this league. And, and I thought he played exceptionally well as well. Steve Carp, kind enough to join in, a warm, award-winning journalist. How are you handling the Josh Jacobs? You know, with, with the team, I believe he'll be mm-hmm. back. He's not thrilled to play on the franchise tag. We all know that. No one's thrilled yeah. to play at the running back position on the franchise tag. When would you like to see him report? Because a lot of people think he'll show up before the first game of the year against Denver. But Jonathan Taylor coming back here, he's not happy in Indy. We don't know what his future is going to look like. Zeke Elliott hasn't been picked up yet, and neither is Darwin Cook. So there's a lot of running backs out there. When do you think Josh Jacob reports so he can hit the ground running in Denver? I'd like to think he would have been back already after what Saquon Barkley was able to do with the Giants. And, and I thought the Raiders had made a similar offer to Josh, but I guess he rejected it. So, you know, I don't know how much pressure he's feeling financially. 
to uh, get back on the field. Right now, they can't find him. He's not signed or anything. I'd like to think he'll be back in time for week one in Denver. But I think the Raiders are smart. They're bringing in some extra running backs just in case they don't have him because they have to be prepared to go to war without him, right? So I, I think at some point, and, and you, know, you and I could probably live on $10 million. I know you could. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I can. So it's kind of hard to feel sympath- you know, unsympathetic to a guy who's not making, uh, you know, that kind of money. I mean, it's pretty good salary, don't you think? But uh, I also understand where he's coming from. He definitely wants to be paid as the NFL's top rusher, which he was. We're talking to Steve Karp, great journalist in town here, longtime friend of the show and a guy who's everywhere when it comes to sports. Let me jump in on the defensive side. They they have to be more aggressive. They drop an interception in the end zone that turns out to be a touchdown for the 49ers, and that was bizarre to me because that's the problem with the Raiders last year, the year before, and the year before that. They don't hold on to the football when it hits them in the hands. But I think that's going to change this year, Steve. Being out at camp and at the Niner practices, I think the uh, the Raiders are being instructed and told to get your hand on the football, explode quicker, take more chances, don't be reckless, but make plays. And I'm starting to see it at practice. I hope to see it in more games coming up. Well, they did have six interceptions in the uh, in the Friday joint mm-hmm. practice with, with with San Francisco. So it's not like they're incapable of of picking off passes. You just have to execute better, and and that was the case yesterday. Obviously, when they had a great chance to uh, take one in the end zone and and stymie the drive and keep the Forty ers off the board. But all that said, you know, they still. I like the way they were attacking. I like the way the corners and the safeties were covering. You know, Sam Webb had a nice interception late in the game, and. I thought overall they played smart. They didn't take many stupid penalties. And, you know, that's also been a Raider trademark, as you well know, over the years. You know, <laughs> they only had three penalties yesterday, which to me is a real sign of progress. Uh, if they could kind of maintain that throughout the season, they won't be beating themselves and they'll probably have a chance to win a game or two that they might normally not have won in the past. But, Steve Carp, uh, as no, we wrap it up. I like the D. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Hey, Steve, finally, the Niners are getting abused on television and even their own media members. And you got a lot of friends in the media. Mike Silver was there yesterday, and I saw a lot of guys in the press box, uh, men and women there, talking Niners. And I don't know what's going on. They don't believe in Trey Lance. Sam Darnold's is a good player. He's a backup. And Kyle Purdy, it's almost like everybody's walking on eggshells trying to convince themselves that Kyle Purdy's going to be the next Joe Montana. Because if yeah. he's not, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. They got a very good roster, and they didn't play their starters, and they came to Vegas kind of a vacation, not a business <laughs> trip, because the Raiders outperformed them there. But what's your takeaway after seeing the 49ers and Trey Lance without the starters out there on their high expectations? Well, I think it's a much different team when Brock Purdy's taking snaps and when Christian McCaffrey and, and Debo Samuel are on the field to get the ball. Than, than what we saw yesterday. And, and also, frankly, what we saw in the joint practices. They didn't look good. And and they also have a lot of injuries right now. So I can understand where people think the sky is falling. 
back in the Bay Area. I'm going to withhold hitting the panic button on this team until I see like they're one in five or something, you know, out of the gate. So I, I also believe Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing. So uh, I'm not ready to uh, freak out over the 49ers. Last one, the Golden Knights. You know hockey as good as anyone who has ever stepped foot in this town. Everybody loves a cup. And some teams got to wait decades, decades. And we got one here in Vegas after six seasons. What are the real expectations for the Golden Knights to repeat with the roster that they have? No more Riley Smith. What's going to be the goalie situation? What's going to be the motivation with the shorter summer to come out of the break to go win the cup again. What do you think is going to happen here? I I think they've got to resolve this Robin Leonard situation one way or the other. Either he's with them or he's not. And my gut is telling me he is not going to be a Golden Knight for the foreseeable future. They'll they'll either keep him on LTIR or find someone willing to trade for him. I thought maybe New Jersey might have been willing to take a look at trading for him. They need a veteran guy, uh, over there with the Devils. But uh, you know what? You're replacing Riley Smith with Ivan Barbashev. You've got some really good young players. I mean, I really like Pavel Dorofeyev. I really like Paul Cotter. I think Brendan Brisson, who was their first-round pick a couple of years ago, is good enough to play the NHL. And I think they have enough depth on defense to, uh, to win most nights. I just think that, you know, also they got a, a good coach. Bruce Cassidy is is proven, you know, a winner, and, and now he has his, his cup ring. I, I think, you know, as long as they could uh, not have any prolonged slumps during the season from individuals, I'm thinking like a guy like March or so or mm-hmm. Eichel or uh, Chandler Stevenson, they should be okay. I would think they are uh, worthy of repeating if, if things could break right, you got to have a little luck. But uh, I, I think the way the, the roster is constructed, they're ready to, to repeat and, and defend their cup title. Always great to see you, Steve. Thanks for joining us. We'll do it again soon. Appreciate you. Anytime, my friend. Good talking with you. Good talking to you. Steve Karp, six-time uh, Nevada, our great states. And he's just a great sports writer, man. A guy, he's in the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. That's all you need to know. They put him in. Ed Graney. We got Ed Graney on our family of stations here. Ed Graney, one of the best writers I've ever seen, read, talked to. And Carp and Graney and all the other great writers that we have out here. Vinny Bonsignor. Vinny Bonsignor, who writes well and is a great communicator. And we got him as our regulars here. Nice to have Steve Carp come in. Has he really told you what he thought about Aiden O'Connell, which is kind of what I want to do here the next half hour of the show, 45 minutes, is get into the rookie quarterback And very important because the Raider fans who are angry, you know those guys, right? They're always on Twitter with their thumbs. They're angry at everybody. But then you meet them at the torch and they want to hug you. Hey, man, I love you. Can I buy you a Modelo? But they're very angry on social media. They should all be happy with Aiden O'Connell. He's your quarterback two or three. He played well yesterday in front of your arch enemy, the Niners. Man, a lot of you people are running around going bang, bang, Niners and Weiner fans and taking videos of the Niner fans misbehaving and all that. Bring that energy to Aiden O'Connell. I think that's the only thing I've evolved with. I've always been great friends with Jim Plunkett, and you know I've been very cordial with Derek over his career. And you know the guys I know here, 
every Raider fan, 99% of the Raider nation should be so happy for the mustache man. I want to get that nickname in until he shaves it off. The mustache man. Uh, Josh McDaniels came into our production meeting on Saturday. It was Rich Gannon, Matt Millen, Eric Allen, Lincoln Kennedy, myself. And we were there, Jason Horowitz. And we were there, Will Kiss, who runs the media. And who asked about, I think it was Lincoln. Someone asked about the mustache. And Josh McDaniels let down his guard and had so much fun saying about Aiden O'Connell's mustache. First time he met him at the meetings, he's like, that's got to go. And Aiden O'Connell's like, come on, coach. I've been working on this for 18 months. And everybody loves the mustache, man. He looked good yesterday. Seems to be a great kid. And he's your new quarterback there on the depth chart. Get behind him today. Give him a little pop. Give him a little pat on the back on the radio because that's what fans do in their hometown. And we don't have a hometown for the Raiders. We have Vegas, but we got Oakland. We got Los Angeles. We got the global Raider Nation. And you tell me one person that's not impressed with Aiden O'Connell. You can't find him. Everybody should be really happy for him. We'll talk to Mark Anderson, the elite journalist from the AP, coming up here in a bit, get his reaction to what's happening here. want to thank the DeCastaverde Law Group. Alex and Orlando DeCastaverde saw their two billboards outside of Allegiant Stadium. Not one, but two. These guys know what they're doing. Their dad is a legend in the state of Nevada. What his dad's been able to do, and then they build that law firm. It gets bigger and better. And if you get into an accident, they're the two that will work for you with their clerks, their award-winning staff, their young attorneys. I went into their office in Tivoli Village. Everybody was there, greeted me at the door, thanking us for the partnership. These are great people. I put my name on that. If you get into an accident, put their number in your phone, 702-222-9999. The DeCastaverde Law Group, proud partners of Raider Nation Radio. When we come back, we'll get to Mark Anderson. We'll get his opinion on what's happening as I hear this great Bobby music in the background. Turn it up, Bobby. It feels good. It feels like football. A little bit loud. Yeah, there you go. Feels like football as we're underway. A couple of more of my highlights of the game. I don't get a chance to say that often. Play a couple of those rejoins, and we'll get ready for the trip to L.A. later in the week on the flagship. Allen looking deep over the middle, intercepted, picked off, it was tipped. Raiders coming in on return, down to the five. Brought down Gideon, down to the two-yard line. Sam Webb on the interception. Another big play by the Raiders defense. JT back with you, an interception. That's good to see, good to hear. I was on the call with Lincoln Kennedy. And Eric Allen, I want to thank everyone on Compass Media Networks. Also, Mike Taylor, who spotted for me. Miles, who was also the stat guy there. You know, I did this in the XFL with Napoleon Callum for a year here in Vegas. I called the first ever He Hate Me touchdown nationally on radio there. So it was good to get back in the booth. I'll have two more opportunities for the Raiders at the Rams. And Dallas, right here on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio. Uh, We're going to have Mark Anderson joining us momentarily. Stick around for that. And we wanted to get your grade, your opinion on Aiden O'Connell. Because as I've said throughout the show, he needs a little bit of love from the Raider Nation because he's not getting it from anywhere else. There's a couple of people that mentioned it. 
But overall, Rich Gannon talked to Josh McDaniels about it. It was like being in a master class, a quarterback, in the production meeting as Josh McDaniels was talking to Rich about the process of drafting him and why. And he's a good guy. He's going to be very accurate. Now, I don't like to talk about injuries that haven't happened. You do. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is completely healthy. He warmed up. He looked good in warm-ups. It's just warm-ups. If Aiden O'Connell is asked to come into a game at any point in the season, week five, week 12, whatever it is, I think the Raider fans are going to be pretty comfortable with him. I know it's going to be playing the ones, the best players in the world, but I think everybody, because of his height, his arm strength, his accuracy, and if Josh McDaniels had to put him in a game over Brian Hoyer, that the ball would come out smooth, it would come out quickly, and it would be thrown accurately. Everybody to a man and woman says he's a very accurate player, and that's what you need. You need an accurate player at quarterback if he's young so you can give him a little bit and hope that he can thread the window there. Uh, Kentucky Raiders out in Louisville on the Raiders mobile app. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Thanks for everything you do, my friend. Thank you. Uh, as, far as, as far as O'Connell is concerned, he got an A-plus yesterday. That guy was sensational. He looked great. Uh, Ziegler had him, um, I mean, I mean, McDaniels had him coached up. i tell you, I'm a big Garoppolo fan. I think he brings a different vibe to this football team. You can sort of feel it, you know, when you see these guys, the way they react in the, uh, you know, in interviews and things like that. It brings confidence to the team. So I'm super, super excited about Jimmy being there. And I'm a big McDaniels, Ziegler fan. I, I think these guys are smart. They're calculating. They're all business. And, you know, no more scholarships. And, uh, you know, the competition they brought in is great. As you and I well know, they didn't inherit a great roster. If anybody knows football, they didn't inherit a great roster. And they needed to weed out some of these guys that weren't, weren't going to buy in. And, you know, number one was Carr. You know, every fan should be um, happy that they got rid of this guy. He needed to move on for himself and for the Raiders. He really did. He lost me on the last game in Oakland when he threw that ball away on fourth down, but we won't get into that. But um, And then they're bringing in players on second-year uh, deals, their second uh, um, contracts, and these guys have had success to lead. We have not been this deep, and I'm telling you, JT, in years. It just feels it. It's going to be hard to make some cuts. It really is. And um, I was talking to some people this weekend at a golf outing or something. They go, I don't know about the race. I said, I stole a line from you, my friend. Uh, people just don't know the roster. They don't know the roster. So we're going to have a good year this year. I'm very confident in the team. Man, keep up the great work and go Raiders. Yeah, thank you. That was a very good phone call, not because I only agreed with you, but it really is the answer you have to have. Look, if the Raiders start off 0-2 or 1-3, which I'm planning on them not, then everybody's just going to go back to all hell's breaking loose, and they don't have a good roster and all that. This team has the ability to stay together and work through some difficult times to get the roster up to speed with the record. You know, there's going to be a lot of adversity with this team in the regular season. There's going to be adversity but I think they have the type of group of veterans and leaders. I think Josh McDaniel said they got about eight or nine captains in this draft class and people coming in, they were captains of their football team. And when you look around, that's important. They want to have leaders that are composed if things aren't working well. If they're going through adverse times and things aren't happening, they're able to look to the leadership of this group, which is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Jacobs, Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, Marcus Epps, uh, I think Marcus Peters, obviously, and keep the team together. But it's important that they get off to a good start. The schedule, I tweeted out today on the national show that I did earlier, the schedule, the Indianapolis Colts and the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, my God. You want to talk about cupcake schedules. 
the Baltimore Ravens in their first nine weeks, if the Raiders had that schedule, Raiders would be 6-3, and three, no doubt. They don't. Raiders have the second toughest schedule in football. The Indianapolis Colts schedule, brutal. Now, I know how the schedules fit and how they're produced more than anyone you know on the radio. I know how they rotate from conference uh, to division to conference, at a conference. I know all that. It just so happens that the Raiders got it really tough this year because they're opening up with three out of four on the road against very good teams, Buffalo, the Chargers. And Denver hasn't been very good, but it's tough to play in mile high. And then the teams that are coming in, the Jets look to be a playoff team. The Giants were a playoff team last year. The Vikings won 13 games. They're playing in Miami. Miami's very good. And one of the teams being talked about more so than any other team is Chicago because of Justin Fields and what they're able to do. Mark Anderson joins us as he was there in the press box yesterday. Mark, good to talk to you. Your takeaway first, it's Aiden O'Connell Day today. What were your reviews of his performance yesterday in the victory? Uh, he was uh, much better than I thought he would be. I mm-hmm. uh, I tell you what, I, I mean, the accuracy, I guess, didn't really surprise me that much because that's what he's known for. But it was his command of the offense that uh, I just didn't expect to see in the first preseason game. I thought that would take much longer. Um, you know, and I just... You know, I, I just thought he was – I never really thought seriously he might be a long-term answer at quarterback. Uh, I'm not still convinced he is, uh, but I think he, I think he's uh, – you know, I, I, I think they that, that's someone they need to keep an eye on because it's – I think they're going to move him up to second string sooner than later. And, uh, and, and, I, and I think he needs to be in a position where if Jimmy G goes down, he's, he's the one going in. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment to make. That's a really good assessment to make. He should be the guy that if he, you know, Brian Hoyer is a very good backup. He's very experienced in this system. Uh, but if you have Aiden O'Connell as a third string quarterback and you got to make a quick decision to have him play at any point, he should be able to go up and do it. Mark, you made a very good point that I've said too. I believe that he should have commanded this offense. That's why they drafted him. They drafted him more so than a speed burner running guy who's going to run first, throw second, very raw. He's not raw. He played six years, six years at Purdue. He started four of them. So the guys had a lot of film study, a lot of practice, a lot of games. He beat a lot of good teams in the Big Ten. So at a minimum, he should be coming in with good verbiage, the skill set to break down film and play and be accurate with the ball. Now, the running side of it, I thought he stepped up in the pocket a few times and made some good throws, and the footwork looked good. Yeah, you know, and that's another thing that surprised me too. You mentioned uh, the pocket. He had a pocket. <laughs> you know, uh, you look at the other side of the ball, and Trey Lance is running for his life. And uh, I, I was you talking about. I know they had one or two starters in on the offensive line, but generally speaking, yet he was playing with backup offensive linemen, and you know, and they did well. And that was a little eye-opening because the Niners' offense, uh, backup offensive line didn't do well. And if you look around the league in the first preseason games, off- backup offensive lines didn't do well. So that was that showed me that the Raiders had some depth there. Mark Anderson joins us from the AP. Uh, the defense in general is attacking on the ball. I think they're being instructed to do that by Patrick Graham. I think they're being told, look, don't be reckless, but come on, get moving do a better job at breaking on the ball. Christopher Smith, the second from Georgia, played in two national championship games. 
I called a couple of plays on the play-by-play yesterday of guys that were breaking up, getting their hands in the pile first. They punched the ball out, which was nice to see. Bolton was able to do that. Teamer played well at the safety position. Palomal is a good player. So I I like what they're being taught on defense to not be fundamentally reckless, but to go out there and take some more chances. You saw that at the Niner practice, didn't you, in the game? Yeah, you definitely saw it. Three days against the Niners, you saw that. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't just the game. It was the the two practices as well. And I mean, as you know, the the history in the NFL with great defenses, they're they're aggressive. I I, I can't think of one great defense that, that... set back um and so i think you have to go out and make plays um you you know and and if you even if you give up a lot of yards if you make if you create a couple turnovers that pretty much negates a lot of the yardage um so that i think i think because then you gave your offense some short fields like you saw yesterday and and you really set them up for some fairly easy scores so um you hope to see more of that. I don't want to read too much into preseason game, but it, you, but we did see it during two days of practices with the Niners too. So I don't think I don't think that was a one off. I think it's going to be more of what you're going to see this next season. But yeah, they, that's definitely something they have to carry over to the regular season. Mark Anderson, as we wrap it up, you know, I tweeted it out a few minutes ago. I said, wow, the 49er bloggers and YouTubers all over this place. I enjoy watching it. High energy newcomers, veterans, streamers, getting very chippy. All competing for clicks. Trey Lance and their casual football trip to Vegas. Not much to show for it. You were in the press box. You got friends all over the country. What did you think of the Niner coverage? They didn't seem to be too happy with Trey Lance, and the national media has been all over that topic today. No, I, I think uh, I think you know the one one thing about the Niners is you look at their quarterback history, and it's probably completely unfair, but every quarterback's going to be compared to Joe Montana and Steve Young and those guys. They, they just are. Um, so, you know, Niners fans, I think, were willing to be patient early on, but I think they've seen it, and the media too, seen enough of Trey Lance now to, to realize he really isn't uh, any kind of the future. If he was, he'd be a starting quarterback this season. The fact they're giving it Brock Purdy is tells volumes, and I really do think a large reason Trey Lance started yesterday was to try to showcase him for other teams. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my, my sense is the Niners would love to trade him and make Darnold the number two quarterback um, and, 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 and get something back from all they gave up just to get Trey Lance. Uh, I don't know how much they can get for him if he keeps playing like he did yesterday, and I understand he was on the run a lot. I mean, he was just under constant pressure. Uh, but at the same time, he, he you know he had two, two passes that really should have been intercepted that weren't, and um, he just he just when he did have time to throw, he just wasn't all that 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 impressive. That throw into the end zone that should have been picked, mm-hmm. that turned turned their one touchdown. I mean, that was a completely forced pass. It was a bad pass. Uh, really should have been an interception. And it, it just I I I think the Niners would love to just move on from him, get get some get, uh, assets in return. But I don't know what kind of market they're going to get for him. A last one: the economy of Las Vegas in a Raider game. I'm not shying away from the fact there were a lot of Niner fans there. They're spending a ton of money to come down here on the short trip, hotel room, driving, food, beverage, and all that. When you walk around that stadium and leave and go outside and see that whole area around the Hacienda Bridge, the economy of Las Vegas Raider football is one of the strongest economies in the entire NFL. These other NFL owners if they haven't been here yet, and they've been in on all the meetings, they see the numbers, they know how much money the Raiders are bringing in. 
It's quite remarkable, even for a preseason game, wasn't it? I was surprised. I mean, I, I remember at the end of the last, the regular season last year, that um, what kind of crowd the Niners brought down, and that didn't surprise me. Yesterday surprised me. I, I thought for a preseason game, yeah, uh, they wouldn't travel like they did. I just thought they'd save their money for the regular season games, but yeah, they came down here, and uh, you know, and I think, you know, I think a lot of it is, you know, Raiders fans are. You know, we can see attitude right now. Mm-hmm. We can see mode. So if they have a chance to sell their tickets at this point, you know, get a lot of money for their tickets, they're going to do that. Um, but if the Raiders do start out strong this season, I think you're going to see see it become more of a home field atmosphere than than it was at the end of last season. Uh, but yeah, it's the Niners are probably the strongest brand right now on the West Coast as far as the NFL goes, and. Um, so it, it, they're, they're willing to travel just about anywhere. But, some, but yeah, I guess they really did surprise me. Yep. Thank you, Mark. See you soon. See you this week at practice. I'll see you there, JT. Thank you. You got it, Mark Anderson. The Niners travel well. That's Green Bay travels well. Pittsburgh travels as good as anyone. You know who else travels well? The Raider fans. Raider fans travel really well. There's only, you know, of all the teams in the league, there's only about 8 to 10 that travel extremely well. The Raiders are in that group. So I don't think Raider fans are shocked when the Raider fans go to Miami or go to Buffalo, go to Detroit this year, or if you get a chance to go to some of these other markets, you see Raider Nation everywhere. They say the same thing about the Raiders in Denver and Kansas City. You know, I don't think Raider fans are going to Kansas City as much because the rivalry's been heavy one-sided recently, but Raider fans travel as good as anyone. I put on my short list the 49ers, Pittsburgh, and Green Bay for me. And I've been around everywhere, been doing this a long time. Whenever I go to a game or I'm watching a game or I'm in another market or I have friends going to another market, Niners travel extremely well because they're a global brand because of Joe Montana, Bill Walsh. They're a global brand because of Jerry Rice and Steve Young. They have fans everywhere. Packers, one of the oldest teams and successful teams, they travel well. And I'm blown away every time I see the fans that travel and travel at a big rate from Pittsburgh. That's an important game for the Raider fans because the Raider fans are going to have a number to look at at the price of that ticket, and hopefully they hold on to it. Hopefully Raider fans hold on to that Pittsburgh ticket because those terrible towels are really bright yellow when they're up against a black seat. And we want to have Raider Nation dominate that game, but Steeler fans, there's an opportunity of a lifetime for that. Keep the opposing fans out at all costs, and uh, Raider Nation talks about that often on this show. 702-365-9200. I didn't get a chance to hear Josh McDaniel speak. He spoke earlier. We'll have a portion of that. A couple of his sound bites from after the game yesterday. We'll hear from Max Crosby and some sound bites from him as we continue on. We want to thank the 872 laborers. We are with them again. They built the stadium on time and on budget. Appreciate Tommy White for his support of this show. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about the infrastructure of the stadium because this year the Super Bowl will be in Las Vegas. What a great time to be partnered up with the 872 as they built the stadium that's going to host the Super Bowl. Let that sink in as we continue. As the Niners are going to take a knee here, at Allegiant Stadium, and this one is over. Uh, both sidelines empty now coming to midfield as the Raiders are going to win this game quite easily. 
34-7. All right, that's my call. Final call on Raiders Radio as we continue on. Recapping the game from yesterday. Uh, the beating of the Niners, it wasn't even a contest. They blew them out, and no one needs to brag about it. It's a preseason game. Uh, the Niners don't care about the score. The Raiders are happy that they won, but the th- score 34-7 doesn't mean much around the NFL other than to Raider fans who enjoyed themselves. And man, One of my good buddies, Joe Haro, a lot of people know Joe. Jersey Joe was a running back for UNLV. Good running back. Big part of the Rebel Foundation, good friend of mine, great guy in town, the great Joe Haro. If you're hearing my my name say, I'm talk, talking about Joe. You text Joe and tell him we're talking about him. Everyone, everyone's got Joe's number. And he took his young son, Jackson, to the game. First game. First game, his little kid was at the game and the Raiders won. He don't know the history of the Raiders. He don't know any of the players. He's a little toddler. The team won. Kids have fun at games. Bring the kids to the preseason, bring someone in your neighborhood. Bring someone who wants to go to a game. Let them experience a football game and have a great time in a brand-new stadium. That's what we're talking about today. Uh, before we get to some of these sound bites of Josh McDaniels from earlier, Big Al in San Francisco, always good to hear from him, your analysis of the preseason win. Big Al, you're on the phone. Go ahead. Okay. Hey, JT, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, my analysis of the win, I mean, both the San Francisco, you know, they took the airplane home and they took the airplane there, and that's just about all they did. Uh, what I liked about the Raiders was that they executed very well and that they, you know, there were some players that played that will probably not make the final, you know, the final squad and so forth. But I felt that they executed well. The run game looked good. The passing game, uh, you know, looked, I, you know, O'Connell looked excellent. And defensively, they did some good stuff. They had, I think, five sacks, four quarterback pressures, um, a bunch of hit, a bunch of quarterback hits. Um, and these are things that we haven't seen out of the Raiders. I mean, going back to the time that they were in Oakland. Now, I know that a lot of these guys aren't going to play, but it's the fundamentals of what, what we're looking for. We knew the effort was there, but they put it together, and I think they played a nice game. Let's see what happens. They have a game next week against the Rams. The Rams' offensive line isn't very good. It wasn't good last year. I can't see them having a bunch of free agents who are going to be all pros. Let's see if they can kind of keep this up and keep the momentum going and, and just play fundamentally sound football. No gadgets, no nonsense. Go out and hit, run, tackle, pass. What's all, yeah. what, else, what else can we ask for? Yeah, uh, thanks. I appreciate your calls as always. You're right. Just play clean. Don't get injured and don't have a lot of penalties. Play smart football, and when you have a few chances to execute, make a couple of big plays out of nowhere, make them. Make those plays when they matter. And win the preseason games. Look, Baltimore's won, what, 24 preseason games in a row, if I got that right? Uh, John Harbaugh wants to go out there and win every game for obvious reasons. He goes out and wins every preseason game. Josh McDaniels has not lost a game in the preseason for the Raiders. That's nothing to celebrate and have a parade for, but he takes these games seriously. He wants to win the games. He wants to compete. And we saw the competition out there yesterday. All right, let's keep moving. Here's Josh McDaniels from earlier today. On the L.A. trip that is coming, also an update on Dylan Parham, who went down for a brief moment in the game yesterday. No update on Dylan. Um, the, you know, the thought process, uh, you know, with the logistics here um, relative to the mandatory day off and those types of things, um, you know, we can't travel on a mandatory day off. So we didn't want to 
Uh, we just thought this was the best thing logistically for us is to go ahead and travel after the game. And, you know, that way we can kind of, you know, have our feet on the ground here and, um, you know, not, not try to do too much the day before um, we're getting ready to uh, practice with another football team. Meaning, you know, if we take the day off at home Monday and then try to go over the San Francisco stuff Tuesday, you know, at our place, you know, hurry up and kind of cram in something for LA and then travel on the same day, then get up and go practice with them. We just didn't feel like that was conducive to, you know, giving ourselves the best opportunity to have a productive day. So <clears throat> we, uh, we thought this was best. Yeah. I like that. I think that's overall the explains to you the travel, what they're thinking, no update on Parham. He walked off under his own strength. We'll find out more about that, but Raiders trying to be real smart with their travel in the preseason and the regular season. One another, another one from Josh McDaniels on the improvements for practice coming in here to be very consistent. That's the focus of this coaching staff. I don't think it's any more important than any other days. Um, <clears throat> you know, we'd like to, you know, continue to improve um, as a team in, in each phase. I think that's the most important thing against a good team. Uh, that's very well coached, you know, with different schematic challenges. So um, I think our team's been, um, you know, consistent, you know, in terms of their approach. Um, now we're trying to fine tune some of the details, uh, depending on the phase we're talking about in our game so we can improve. And so there was a lot of things we saw uh, last night and this morning on the film that, we know we can do better and we're going to need to do better as we go forward. So uh, we'll be hard at work tomorrow discussing that with our team. And then hopefully we can uh, make some progress here in LA. Well, Josh McDaniels also talked about who stood out in the game. You know, get graded by the coaching staff. Every position coach has to turn in their grade. They have to talk to their boss, Josh McDaniels, the GM, Dave Ziegler about who played well, who maybe didn't play well, who popped on film. Here's the head coach. Not necessarily one specific person or another. I think there's um, there was some guys. Certain, uh, like I said after the game, I thought our players played with decent effort and competitiveness throughout. Um, I like that across the board. Um, and I think that we had a number of guys that did some decent things. But I also know that there's um, you know enough guys that you know, they play. They all played enough plays to to be able to go in there and, and, and try to make some corrections tomorrow. So I wouldn't say anybody specifically stood out. All right. So I think a couple of people stood out, but I think coach does the right thing. A coach doesn't talk about individuals. He talks about the team. We know that. I know that from my interviews with him every week, coaches really, he stresses that he's not the coach that goes in there and goes, he played great. He played great. He didn't play great. Everything's about the team. That will remain constant, I can promise you. The scrum of Aiden O'Connell with the media after the game, the rookie quarterback who played really well. Here's what he had to say. First NFL touchdown pass. So what did you see on that play and how how'd that feel? Yeah, it was, you know, uh, split safety, and we had a play call for split safety. Keelan did a good job running the route. Trey was outside and did a good job um, running, his route, running his route hard. And, um, you know, it was, it was pretty wide open, so just tried to make a good pass. You finished the day 15 of 18, but two of the passes were drop passes. Did you picture yourself having the kind of day that you had? 
you know, like like I said, you just kind of hope, hope to go out there and do your best and see what happens. You know, I'm not worried about the stats. You know, there's more things than, than just the stats, and especially um, you know responsibility in the run game and stuff like that that I need to improve on. So. Um, I know I have a lot of work to go still. Yeah. It just seemed like you remained pretty calm when you were pressured out there. What, what goes into keeping that and not panicking when you do have some heat coming in? I, I think it's our offensive line. Uh, I think they did a great job. You know, they all week in practice, too, did a great job while I was in there and uh, while our other cues were in there. And, you know, they're just working really hard. The coaches are hard on the offensive line, and they don't get a lot of the glory sometimes. And so, you know, they, they're the reason we can, you know, even run a play or run play or pass play. We can even start a play. And so... Um, the offensive line did a great job. We always hear how hard it is to pick up this offense. What, it looks like you've done it somewhat quickly. Like, what, what's enabled your success so far, and how far is there still to go? Um, I, you know, there's still a long way to go. Um, you know, it's it's a preseason game, so it's somewhat abbreviated, and um, it, it was a good first time. But there's there's still a long way to go. Samira, so you're pretty loud in the huddle. Is that just trying to be clear with your communication? You know, I'm trying to find the balance of being being loud, but also showing the guys that I'm calm and relaxed and um, definitely still trying to find that balance of, you know, being intense. And, you know, it was, it was loud today. We, our, our crowd showed out and um, did a great job. So, yeah, sometimes I got to get out there and get a little louder. What got the jitters out? Getting hit or the first completion? That's a good question. Um, you know, I think, honestly, I, I went out there pretty excited. Uh, you know, the first time we went out there in warm-ups and just running out in the NFL jersey, I think, it's really when a lot of the jitters went away, just to be out there and hear the crowd, you know, yell and everything like that. And so, obviously, you get into the flow of the game with the completions and getting hits a couple times. Um, those those help, but um, you know, I, you know, I was pr- pretty confident today, and um, you know, just trying to do my job. All right, so that's a bit of Aiden O'Connell. I just did five hours with the thirty-second break in between both shows. I am spent after calling the game yesterday. Uh, which was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed that. We'll have some sound bites, hopefully after the Rams game, that I can put together there too and have a great experience in Southern California. I lived in L.A. for 10 years, so I'm going to go back and go to a couple practices with the Raiders, see that, and get ready for the game. Uh, Harry Ruiz will be in for me at the end of the week as we continue to roll on. I thought Harry did a great job on the Latino broadcast. Everybody raves about him. And the television broadcast led by Jason Horowitz. Congratulations to him. He went on TV representing the Raiders for the first time with Rich Gannon and Matt Millen. And they did a good job. Matt Millen and Rich are awesome to see. And I just want to wrap up the show by saying Alumni Weekend was another success as the Raiders pulled it off again with all their esteemed alumni in town able to have a great time. That's what an organization and a family is all about. Now hopefully that transforms onto the field with victories because I've gotten to know a lot of these guys who have won one Super Bowl, two, and even three. And the Raiders got to get back to that. they got to get back to that. Q's on deck. He has a big show. He did great on the pre- and post-game show. Thank you, Bobby. Thanks to Mark Anderson. Thanks to all of our guests who came on. We appreciate everybody. Steve Carp. We'll see you back here tomorrow.